What is going on, friends? Ryan Dorn here, and we've got a big show straight ahead this month. We've got Doug Brown, the former president of sales for Tony Robbins and Chad Holmes, and now the CEO of Business Success Factors, answering your listener questions. We've got questions from Mark, Tina, Renee, and Robert. Everything from 40 calls a day, is it worth it, to time management thoughts and texting our customers. Doug's going to dissect those with me today. It's going to be awesome. And then we've got 10 ways to stay focused in a sales world full of distractions. Thoughts, advice, tips, and tricks all coming up straight ahead here on the podcast. Stick around, stay close, friends. Here we go. Live from the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Ryan Dorn Business Show. Ryan is a 30-year Emmy-winning sales, marketing, and leadership advisor. He has touched over half a billion dollars in revenue and still sells every day. Ryan has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, and has trained over 20,000 professionals in seven countries. Now, here's your coach, your confidant, your fellow business warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, Deborah, thanks so much for that great introduction, as always, every month. I need to play that for my mom sometime. I think my mom sometimes wonders, what do you do, Ryan, every day for a living? You sell things. What does that mean? (laughs) Hey, friends, are you distracted? Are you lacking focus? Maybe you're just flat out tired of working remote. Um, It's sort of become the quote unquote new normal, although that word makes me crazy. New normal. It's sort of like that phrase. It is what it is. And I think it's a new normal if you accept it. I think it is what it is if you accept it. How about this? Rather than it is what it is, how about it is what you make it? Could that work as well? I think that it could. Well, let's talk about staying focused in a world full of sales distractions. I've got some thoughts for you. And then I've got a special guest. You know, I don't have special guests on the podcast very much because all of you as listeners, you're like, hey, Ryan, I mean, We don't want to listen to people talk about their books and things like that. And I think that's what makes this podcast different. If I do have guests on the show, it's usually because they're amazing sales pros that can give us some advice. So we've got um, some great questions, uh, you know, coming up. We've got four of them today that Doug Brown, who was the uh, sales uh, president of sales for Tony Robbins, for the late, great Chad Holmes, Mark from Phoenix asking a question about 40 calls a day, Tina from Chicago saying she's just not having any luck, people sharing their webcams. Renee from MSP, she's like the only salesperson left after COVID. And then, um, and so what's she going to do there? And then Robert from DC is talking uh, or asking for some advice on on texting customers. So uh, Doug's going to be here in just a second. We'll dial him up and uh, he's going to dissect those questions. Pretty exciting stuff. So, all right, let's talk about 10 ways to stay focused in a sales world full of distractions. Thought number one, work lists, work lists of clients. I've got a little whiteboard here. We'll talk about that. I've got my CRM. That's in front of me. When you're having a bad sales day, a lot of times you have to go back to your foundational elements, which is lists of customers. Now, what I do is I break my lists up. You've heard me talk about it on the show before. I've got a prospecting list. Then I've got an in-progress list. I've got a retention list. And then I've got a list called specials for things that are different or unique that I'm selling. A lot of you know I spend a lot of time in the media and technology, digital technology space. And so I'm always working in my CRM. My CRM is my guide. It is my Sherpa on my sales adventure. So the first thing is, if you don't have lists, work lists, because experts from a time management perspective tell us that lists help you get things done. Second idea for you, I would encourage you to always think about creating three mini goals every single day. So you've got big goals, which is fine. But you really need the three steps or the three rungs of the ladder 
to get to the bigger goals of the day. Let me give you an example. If you want to exceed your sales goals, three mini steps might be, number one, work lists. (laughs) Number two, reaching out to prospects every three business days. And then number three might be when you're leaving a voicemail, don't ask people to call you back. Instead, use the voicemail to drive the email conversation that will hopefully ensue. So number two in staying focused is create three mini goals every day. And I think you'll find you get a lot more things done. Idea three of 10 for you. You've really got to get great at using your email technology to its fullest. I mean, whether it's Outlook or Gmail, there's so many plugins and apps and add-ons that will help really keep you running smooth. Let's just say as an example that your CRM tool doesn't have a drip campaign feature. Well, then if you're using Gmail, you would uh, log in to the Chrome store and you would download If No Reply. It's an add-in for Gmail, allows you to upload five templates, and then you can drip those sales templates to prospects. Every three or four business days, if they reply, it stops. Great tool. Another tool I love in Gmail, I use the Google Suite. They should sponsor the show, by the way. Hint, hint. I use the Google Suite, G Suite, uh, for business. Is I love Boomerang. Boomerang is a great add-on. It allows me to say, I'm going to send Doug an email if he doesn't reply at Boomerang's back to me. Now, Gmail has the nudge feature built in. Boomerang's just better than that feature. Sorry, Google. So using your email technology to its fullest is vital and critical to your total success in in the sales business. Idea four of 10. When you work from home, you got to try different locations. I used to work in the sunniest room here in the house. It was a big distraction. I'd see the birds outside, squirrel, and I'd be out looking and it's, it's just really distracting. I actually found the smallest room in our house. I actually covered the window with the backdrop that you see on LinkedIn when I'm doing all those videos every week for all of you. And what I found is that when I created sort of this little dark chamber of work, I was very focused. I come out some days and my wife will say, do you realize what time it is? And I get lost in the business at hand. Try some different locations to help regain your focus, especially um, with a lot of you having your kiddos at home uh, doing schoolwork. Sometimes you got to put a little distance between you. And I recognize it's a real challenge. Yeah, it's a real challenge for all of us parents out there. All right, number five of 10. Time block out the three most important sales tasks of your day. Time block out the three most important sales tasks of your day. Now, if you're going to be ridiculously smart about this, time block out the three most important tasks, but marry that to your lists. So I've got three main lists, prospecting, in-progress people, and retention. All right, so now I've got three time blocks for prospecting, in-progress, and retaining customers. Time block out, time block out those three important tasks if you want to be crazy, crazy successful. Number six of 10, staying focused. Use your cell phone to keep up with your to-do list. This whole thought of I'm going to write it down, um, it just really quite honestly, friends, it, it doesn't work the way that you think it might work. Your phone, as you just heard mine beep there, reminds us of so many things to do. And that was reminding me, let me shut it off. Um, I'm glad it happened though. Reminding me that I need to uh, to get back to my retention list. I decided to record the podcast at a time block that is usually reserved for retention. Well, now my little phone dinged and reminded me, hey, Ryan, you're off task. Get back on task. What is it about a written to-do list that doesn't work? It's not that it doesn't work, friends. It's just important for you to think about and really consider, does it go with you to the to the beach, to the bus, 
to the bathroom, to the bedroom, wherever it is that you go, the bar, whatever, (laughs) be safe out there. Where does that phone go? It's in your pocket. A to-do list is going to sit on your desk. That's why most time management experts worth a darn are going to say, manage your to-do list in your phone. That way you can just talk to the phone, add things to your list. Number seven of 10. I love these small whiteboards. Eight and a half by 11 whiteboards. You can find them at Staples, Office Depot, etc. I love these little whiteboards because I can put notes on them, leave them around my desk. I'm a visual person. I need those things. Now, to my left is a massive whiteboard on one wall. Then I've got my little miniature whiteboards. Let me share one with you now. I've got my prospecting list written on this whiteboard, broken down with little columns, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the names of the people that I'm working. It's in my CRM. Awesome. I can pull it up as a list. But it also is here as well as a visual reminder of what I need to do. I can look down there and say, oh, I'm supposed to be calling Renault on Friday. Well, I need to cross that off because I already got a hold of them. I need to put somebody new on the list. That's why I love to use those little whiteboards. Number eight of 10, staying focused. You've got to minimize multitasking. You just have to. Everybody thinks they're great at multitasking. Let me prove to you that you're not. Okay. Now, if you're driving in your car right now, don't do this. Okay. But if you happen to be sitting at home, I'd love for you to do this exercise with me. It'll take 30 seconds and we'll prove that you're horrible at multitasking, that your brain can't do it. Sit comfortably in your chair. Put both feet on the floor in front of you. Put your hands in your lap. Sit comfortably, put your feet, both feet on the floor and put your hands in your lap. Now what I'd like for you to do if you're not driving (laughs) is I'd like for you to pick up your feet and I want you to start rotating both your feet at the ankles to the right. All right, here we go. Rotate your feet to the right. To the right, to the right. You doing it? To the right, okay? Now, as you're rotating to the right, to the right, what I want you to do is quietly pick up your hands, and I want you to start rotating your hands to the left, to the left, to the left. So your feet should be going to the right, to the right, and your hands should be going to the left, to the left. Can you do it? Most people can't. If you can, you're probably a drummer, or you were a dancer at one time, or you're just ridiculously intelligence. What you probably found is that you can't do it. And what this does is it proves to you your brain can technically really only do one thing at a time. But Ryan, I can drive a car, chew gum, and be on the phone and do my makeup at the same time. Um, First of all, that's not safe. And secondly, you've been practicing that forever. Recognize, friends, you start out when you come out of your mother's womb with no ability to really do anything other than cry which you're ridiculously good at, right? And then you learn to walk and talk and chew gum, and you've been doing that for 30 or 40 years. Recognize that multitasking is actually pretty much a fallacy, so reduce it. Stop trying to multitask and focus in. Time block things out. Use your technology. Keep up with your lists. Stop trying to multitask all the time. I've actually learned that multitasking costs me thousands a year. I don't do it. It costs me too much money to multitask. Just think about it. Number nine of 10, set a reminder that you need to take some breaks. If you're going to stay focused, you got to stay recharged. Set a reminder to take some breaks, friends. You have to. You've got to recharge that brain. Your brain really is like a battery. You start out the beginning of the day pretty much at a full charge. And by two o'clock, your battery is drained. So how do you keep yourself fresh and, and charged up? Sleep well. That's very important. People don't give sleep enough credit. Sleep is so unbelievably important. Secondly, obviously, eat right, take care of yourself. But the other thing is recharge your brain by taking breaks. Maybe you listen to the Calm app that's on your phone. Maybe you listen to some quiet music. 
Maybe you go out and walk around the block, take your dog out for a walk, but make sure you come back, obviously. But you need to take breaks to recharge your brain. Just switching tasks, that doesn't work out. Think about that. All right, last but not least, you want to be on the lookout for good and bad work habits. Number 10, to stay focused, be on the lookout for good and bad work habits. If a habit works for you, repeat it. If a habit's not working for you, stop trying to work harder to make it happen. Don't do it. Build a plan to get rid of bad habits out of your life. Focus on the good patterns and the good habits. You know, you've heard me talk about it a thousand times. Um, You know, I'm not a fan of Tom Brady from a football perspective because he pretty much always beats my Chicago Bears. But I am a fan of him from a champion perspective. And that is he's a he's a champion of success. He exemplifies success, whether you like his team, whether you liked when he played for the Patriots or you like him, you know, winning the Super Bowl or not. Let's set that aside. He's a champion. He's a winner. What is he great at? Identifying things that work and repeating them. He's great at identifying things that don't work and he doesn't repeat those things. See, a lot of you, you repeat bad things or bad behaviors because in your mind, you think if I just work harder at this, it's eventually going to work out. Tom Brady knows that's not the case. I know that's not the case. I'm not Tom Brady, but I can really understand where he's coming from. He identifies repeatable patterns of success and he repeats them. Flat out, he's a winner, whether you like him as a quarterback or not. Ten ways to stay focused, friends. So important for you to pick two of things, two or three things from this list. Put them into action right away. Work lists of customers. Create three mini goals a day. Use your email technology to its fullest. When you're working from home, try some different locations to increase your focus. Number five, time block out the three most important sales things you need to do every day. Put it on your calendar and repeat it. Use your cell phone to keep up with your to-do list. Stop writing it out uh, like your grandma did. Use a small whiteboard. Use whiteboards in your office. Be visual. Number eight, minimize that multitasking. You know you're not good at it, so stop it. Number nine, set a reminder to take some breaks. Don't turn those breaks into a long nap or I'll never get hired by your sales director to come in and and teach your group. And then last but not least, be on the lookout for good and bad habits, finding repeatable patterns of success and repeating them. Staying focused, friends, and staying motivated. It's all about you. I believe that so much. I actually bought the domain name, youcontrolyou.com. Nothing's there. I should probably launch something, I suppose. But you do control you. And that's a vividly important piece of the total puzzle towards being a crazy kind of success in sales and marketing or whatever it is that you do. Remember, friends, if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy, (laughs) which is possible, or we found careers that will truly feed our families for a lifetime. All right, friends, stick around and stay close. Uh, We've got Doug coming up here, Doug Brown. Um, who was the former president of sales for Tony Robbins and for the late, great Chet Holmes. And we're answering questions from Mark, Tina, Renee, and Robert. I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't have some sponsors of the podcast. So stick around if you would. Here's a couple companies that'll take care of you the way they've taken care of me. We'll be back in 30 seconds. The Ryan Dorn Business Show is brought to you in part by Open Look Business Solutions. Need data cleanup, a virtual assistant, graphic design, or telemarketing? Reach out to Mike at open-look.com for information. That's open-look.com. How about a new website? Now more than ever before, having a world-class website is mission critical. Ryan has partnered with Web Publisher Pro to offer his clients top-notch websites that focus on lead generation and revenue. 
Reach out to David at webpublisherpro.com for more information. That's webpublisherpro.com. Now, back to the show. Here's your coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, one of my favorite parts of the podcast each and every month is where we invite in some special guests uh, now and again to answer your listener questions that you send in to Ryan at RyanDorn.com. And keep them coming. I appreciate it. we still got a few T-shirts that uh, we'll, we'll send your way if you really want to have my ugly mug uh, you know, on the front of your shirt uh, walking around. That's, that's up to you. I'll send you the shirt. So we're thrilled to have uh, Doug Brown here, and and Doug, I know you as the uh, uh, you know former president of sales for uh, for Tony Robbins and for the late great uh, you know Chet Holmes. But uh, Doug, I'd, I'd love if you wouldn't mind just take a couple seconds and and share with folks a little bit more about yourself and your career and and maybe even your family hobbies, stuff like that. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate you having me here. Yeah, I I began working at the age of three with my dad, so I I grew up in a family business. And that family business taught me a lot of good things. And it also taught me how to build a business on the back of the entrepreneur. Um, So I did that primarily for the first uh, almost 19 years of my life till I went into the military. And I always had these side businesses always, even with my dad, uh, you know, I had a body shop and I had different things that were were going on throughout, even through the military. And um, when I got out of the military, I decided, you know what, Um, I... I feel like I should be an entrepreneur, but you know everybody's telling me I should get those college degrees and do all that stuff. So I went back, got those, got out of there, and realized, hey, you know, I make a lot more money selling music equipment, which was what I was doing <laughs> through college. <clears throat> you know, and getting to work with huge bands. You know, I had a great time working with Aerosmith and the Eagles and all these people. Um, and so I was like, man, there's something wrong here. You know, I'm. Uh, I'm making three times more selling music equipment than I was as a, you know, a nuclear medicine technologist in the hospitals, right? So, right. so I went into uh, I went into sales uh, full time at that point. I went to work for some corporations again, always building side businesses, and most of them were you know six figure, multi six figure, some seven figure, um, and then you know I did really well in the corporate world, uh, and while I was there, someone introduced me to something called coaching. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and they said, you know, you'd be a really good coach. And I said, oh, I used to play some semi-professional soccer, you know, and they were like, no, 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 not that coach, this type of coach. So I ended up doing that, and I ended up helping clients uh, do that. So one of the the bigger first ones I helped was a guy named Jay Levinson from uh, a series called Guerrilla Marketing. Right on. And, um, you know, company called Coach University, different things. So I ended up kind of in the training space. And then I met Chet Holmes through, uh, through Jay Levinson. Nice. And so I became quickly their number one top producing coach because I just applied sales skills to actually coaching. And from there, I ended up becoming Chet's uh, president of training in, in sales. And then Tony Robbins came along, wanted to buy in on the company. So I became Tony's president of training in sales. And I've just been helping a lot of trainers uh, as well as thousands of companies that I worked with, you know, within their umbrella. And then I started my own consulting practice from there. So I love hockey. I have two daughters. They're the, uh, the apple of my, my eye, so to speak, in my world. And, uh, you know, I love music still. Uh, I still, still do music. I'm, I miss it right now because you can't go out and play, but... <laughs> You yeah, know, that's it's all online. That's great. I, I'm a I'm a musician as well, and have been for or quite some time. And I chose the drums as my uh, as my instrument of choice because I could take out so much of my frustrations from the sales and marketing business 
on the head <laughs> on the head of a drum. And in my uh, in my if I should say my older years here, <laughs> so to speak, as I picked up guitar maybe three uh, years ago. And so, um, uh, while I didn't start in the music equipment sales business, I definitely know that equipment and appreciate it and probably have lost some of my hearing because of it, you know, so, that's great. <laughs> As have I on the hearing side. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm glad to have you here because one of the things I really um, enjoy about having others uh, on the program is that we really have the opportunity to get some different insights on these, on these questions. And so I've got a question from Mark in Phoenix I've got a question from Tina in Chicago, Renee in uh, up in Minneapolis, and then we've got uh, Robert in D.C. So if you're cool with it, uh, Doug, I'll, I'm going to throw these out and we'll both bat them around a little bit. And maybe we can help uh, Mark, Tina, Renee and, and Robert not only survive, but potentially uh, thrive amidst this uh, global pandemic, if you're cool with that. I'm totally cool with it. And I, I really appreciate the fact that you do this because this is number one, it's unique. It's different than what other people do on podcasts. And two, it's it directly helps the person who is you know, asking the question, right? So yeah, for great, sure. Great, great service. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really enjoy it because I get to see the depth and breadth and scope of the struggle. And then I also get the emails of the successes. Hey, you know, that, that you know, I'm gonna make a note of that. I should actually, I have people send me, I'm going to make a note of that now. People send me success stories all the time. So I'm going to make a note that what I should do is be reading some of these success stories out because I think there's collective growth that comes from collective sharing. So Oh, Without question. Great. Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's dig in here. Um, we've got Mark from Phoenix, and um, here's the question. My boss insists, insists on 40 calls per day. Since COVID hit, I'm able to reach maybe 10 of the 40 uh, per day. This seems like a complete waste of my time. Any thoughts, any ideas on uh, on, on being more successful? Um, Doug, what do you think? You want to you kick that one off and uh, give me some thoughts on that or give uh, Mark some thoughts? Yeah. Well, I think again, 40 calls a day. So is it 40 calls or 40 connects, right? right. That would be the first thing Mark, I would ask, right? So, because if you're, if you're connecting with 25% of the calls that you're actually making, you're doing a really good job. Right. right? <clears throat> so usually, you know, usually it's a hundred to 15 and then you get to talk to five. So if you're, if you're hitting, you know, 25% versus 15%, you're not doing bad on cold calls whatsoever. Now. So the question is, you know, will it be a waste of your time? Well, if you're not getting results from the calls, then we have to analyze, okay, what's going on with the calls? What are you saying on the calls? Right. But if you're getting results out of these 10, it's not a waste of time. As long as you can hit the numbers that you're, you're set to hit or the numbers you want to hit, then <clears throat> I don't see it as a waste of time. Um, you know, however, if you're making let's say only 40 calls a day, you should have a lot more time to continue to keep going out and prospecting. And the key in any type of sales success is master prospecting. Right. It's not necessarily about being a master closer. So the master prospector will always outsell the master closer. So if you're only doing one method, Mark, I would challenge you, if I could be so bold on your call here, Ryan, to right challenge on. your folks, uh, is to... Over the next six to 12 months, have a minimum of six different ways that you're driving business into your sales business because you are in business as a salesperson. Now, your boss is, is I'm assuming, either the owner or the manager, and you know they're paying some of the bills, so they want an ROI, return on their investment, on you. So I don't think it's unreasonable to, to have them, you know, have you make 40 calls, especially when you're getting a 25% connect rate. So if you can, if you're not getting the success you want on the phone, then I would say, okay, this might be a training issue on how to get you 
better percentages on your particular approach into the call. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And one of the things, Mark, also that I think Doug and I would agree on is, is you really need to wrap your head around what is your call to close ratio? Because in this particular scenario, I think Mark is just down on himself for absolutely no reason. If I'm connecting, if I'm connecting 10 times out of 40, that's not a bad rate. But here's the other piece. I would use the other 30 as a way to still continue to advance the conversation. Now, Doug, I don't know your opinion on it, but what I do now with voicemail is I want people to hear my charisma. I want people to hear my excitement, but I actually don't ask them to call me back. One of the things that I do with voicemail is if I'm connecting with you, uh, Doug, and I get your voicemail, I don't introduce myself. I would say, hey, Doug, I sent you an email with the subject line such and such. And then whatever your value proposition is, I've been helping so and so and so and so. And I really think I could help you as well. And when you don't have to call me back. If you could reply to that email, I would greatly appreciate it. So what I found in that in that madness there, a method, Mark, is that you connected 10 times. Maybe you can get 10 advancements of an email conversation. Um, so now you're at, you know, getting close to 50% in terms of advancing the conversation. So my thought would also be use the voicemail to your advantage. But But Mark, don't do this age old thing. <laughs> Where you're, hi, it's Ryan Doran calling from such and such. If you could give me a call back, come on. They're probably not going to call you back. So you're connecting well. Use the voicemail uh, to your to your advantage and really recognize what your call to close ratios are. I don't see anything in this really that's a waste of that's a waste of time. Um, Doug, any final thoughts on on that one? Or maybe I prompted you to think of, of something else to help Mark. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you brought up a really good point. It's like, okay, so you've got 10 that you connected with. What about the other 30? <laughs> they, they've already heard your voice most likely. So if you're hitting voicemail, just like Ryan said, you know, leave a voicemail and then follow up. Right. You, the, the key is to follow up. So, look, here's the repetition. One of the things I learned from Jay Levinson um, before he passed was he told me, he said, Doug, takes nine impressions upon the brain for the brain to actually recognize a brand. So he said, if you talk to somebody and they don't recognize who you are or what you do, don't take offense to it because it takes nine impressions. He, and I said, well, thanks, Jay. And he goes, no, there's one other part. It takes three times as many views for them to get an impression. Right. So they really need to hear your name 27 times before they actually <laughs> recognize who you are. <clears throat> now, <laughs> you know, I, it seemed like a lot to me. But I, I think that also is if they don't have any type of frame of reference or, or interaction with you. So what I've known over the years is, you know, the more different that you can be, the more people will remember. I'm, yeah. I'm not talking yeah. Ozzy Osbourne different, you right. know, with the, biting the head <laughs> off the bird. But what I'm talking about is respectfully different. So, yeah, I agree with you, Mark. Um, you should be making uh, follow ups throughout this process. And Ryan, I think, right. hit a really good point. Because you really, you made 40 connections in a day. Right. So leverage those connections. Use LinkedIn. Yeah. Use other mm -hmm. things. Just send them a quick message and say, hey, I, may, I left your voicemail. If you have interest, I'd love to speak more about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Mark, um, you've heard me say it uh, a thousand times at the end of every podcast. If sales was easy, everybody be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy, which is possible. <laughs> Or we found careers that'll feed our families for a lifetime. So, Mark, you know, don't give up, and um, you know, don't uh, don't discourage yourself uh, in the circumstance. So, good question and uh, good thoughts there, uh, Doug, on that one. All right, so um, let's move over. We've got one uh, here from Tina uh, from my home city of uh, of Chicago. Um, cold there today. I was talking to my to my dad who lives in the area. 
Um, all right, Tina asks, I'm not having any luck uh, getting my clients to share their webcams during virtual meetings. Okay, I'm struggling there too. I want to see their face to better react uh, to their emotions. What can I do? So, Doug, if you don't mind, I'll kick this one off. Um, sure. Uh, on this. So, for me, the virtual meeting has become the new face-to-face. Your grandma, your mom, everybody knows how to run Zoom. And so, Tina, just recognizing the fact that some people that you're selling to, we're in the sales business, so we're prepared for it. They maybe didn't get up in time to get their hair done. They're still working remote. Maybe they're just not comfortable being on camera. We're pretty used to it as salespeople. I, I want to see their face because then I can get that emotion and I can react to the emotion, to the grimace, to the sneer, to the smile, to the laugh or, or whatever. But just recognize that half of it is getting across your points of view and they can see your charisma so that you're prepared. So, Tina, I did a, a YouTube video. You could look it up. How to be how to not be a webcam zombie. So one of the first things you should do, Tina, is not be a webcam zombie and make sure that you're set up for success. What I typically do, uh, Doug, for Tina, is I'll say, hey, did you want to share your uh, webcam? Be real positive. Hey, did you want to share your, your webcam? And if they say, no, 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 I'm good, don't, don't push it. Now, however, Tina, sometimes people don't know how to share their webcam. So what I notice, Doug, is a lot of salespeople are not real good at tech support. Hey, fellow sales warriors out there, you need to get really good at offering tech support. Like, for example, if and you can't see us now, uh, friends, but when uh, Doug was connecting, if he was having trouble, I'd say, hey, go to the little gear in the top right corner. Do you see your webcam? Click there, you know, get real good at that. But here's the other thing. Don't worry about it. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen because you're trying to show your sales materials anyway. And that's the primary piece. They can see you. That's pretty exciting. So, um, uh, Doug, what are your thoughts on on virtual meetings? Um, um, I know that you're you connected flawlessly today to our call. What are your thoughts and, and maybe some ideas for Tina? Well, I you know I come from the days where we used to do virtual meetings without the technology to have webcams, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so <clears throat> you know, and we got a really high you know close rate. You know, out of my whole team, we, I mean, we were closing 42 and a half percent of all leads coming through and we never wow. met the people, wow. you know, for, you, you know, uh, over video mm-hmm. now. So here's the question I have for, for Tina, Tina, what is the reason they need to be on a webcam? Mm-hmm. Right. I get it. You want to see the facial expressions, but you can also listen for tonality. Number one. But my real question is, are you playing win-win or win-lose with these folks? Are you giving them real valid reasons to actually be on video? In other words, what is the benefit for them to be on video? I get the benefit for what you're doing because you want to see their facial reactions so that you can cue in on, you know, whatever might be happening. But what is the reason that they would want to get on video? What is the benefit to them getting on video? If you convey these things prior to, you probably will find, if it's win-win, that if it's in their benefit, they would be more open to the idea of coming on to their webcam. And Ryan's absolutely right. I mean, some people show up in their pajamas. You know, they haven't done their hair. <laughs> um, you know, if they're a, a lady, I don't know a lady that will ever come on if she hasn't done her hair. You right. know, um, right. you know, us guys were a little bit, you know, I had in shave for three days, whatever. I'll still yeah. get on webcam, right? Right, right. So I think what I would do is I'd look at it and say, okay, how... Do I entice these people to utilize their webcam so it benefits me? But how? But as important, how does it benefit them? 
Right. You know, are, do you have certain visuals that you show throughout your, you know, that are not screen share, for example, right? Things like that. And if you pre-frame that up front, you'll probably get a higher percentage of people coming on to a webcam. Now, here's the thing. If they don't, it really doesn't matter. I think it's one of these things that people are thinking, oh, I need to know every single little cue that comes from the person. You can feel that over the phone or you can feel that over the wire, um, even if they don't. So listen to their tonality, for example. If if they're speaking like very excited, like, hey, this is great, da, 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 right? It's going to tell you something versus them being very, hmm. Yep, yep. Right? And so remember, there was a day where there was no webcam. There were no video conferencing. We used to do it over the phone. Right. We used to do it over, you know, go to meeting, but not everybody had a, had a, a webcam mm -hmm. at that point. Right. So there right. wasn't video conferencing. So please understand that there can be a very high close rate without web, but if you're going to get them onto web, give them a reason and laden it down with what does it mean for them right. to get onto webcam and why it would be a better experience. Yep, agreed. And you know, Tina, I had this experience um, before recording with uh, with Doug today. Had a sales call, and we're five minutes before the sales call, and I still didn't have a link from the salesperson that I was meeting with. He was trying to sell me some software. I still didn't have a link. That link arrived maybe thirty seconds before the call. So I would encourage you also to set up your sales these type of video calls for success the day before. Give them a test link. Make sure they have the link in advance. Um, just share with them. Hey, I'd love for you to share your webcam uh, so I could see your smiling face or whatever you want to say. So sometimes you really have to set those sales calls up for uh, success as well. So, oh, without without question, Ryan. And, and to your point, I mean, send them a how do you connect your webcam video, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Let let them know because a lot of people don't know. Yeah, for sure. And then don't use some software system that nobody's ever heard of. Um, you know, there's three primary systems out there most people are using. Uh, Zoom, which has obviously become a verb and a noun. <laughs> um, right. And then you've got uh, GoToMeeting, which I use on a regular basis and have uh, for years. And then you've got folks that are using Google Meet. And it's not that there's not other systems, but I have found some issues with Teams. I've had some issues with some other systems, uh, uh, you know, WebEx, some others. So use systems that make a lot of sense. And I'm not hating on Microsoft Teams. It works. I've just had a few issues, uh, you know, with it. So. And, and I agree with that. You know, the, the major ones are the major ones. And I would stick to those. I mean, I, sometimes people invite me on calls and they're like, hey, go to this funky link. And, you know, I go in there and it's it's I'm not really sure how to use the system. Right. But if it but if it's a B2B or business to business type call, then most people know how to use those three standard ones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Good thoughts, uh, Tina. Hopefully that's uh, helpful. And don't forget about that. How not to be a webcam zombie, because there's really nothing worse than a salesperson. Uh, looking like they're in the witness protection program. <laughs> Renee from uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, asked this question. And this 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 one's going to be a little tough. Um, I'm the only salesperson, Renee says, after COVID layoffs. I'm overwhelmed and I'm underwater. I can sympathize with you, Renee. I, she says, I truly cannot do it all, but I feel like I must or I'm just going to lose my job. Um, I need some help. Uh, Doug, you want to you want to take a stab at that one first? Yeah. I mean, it's, you're in the same position that solo entrepreneurs are in every single day. Right. You know, they're, they're completely overwhelmed. Uh, there's so much coming to them that, you know, they, they got into this, but they didn't figure it was going to be all of this, right. They got human resources. <laughs> they've got all <laughs> tax issues. They got all these things they're dealing with, but you're dealing with 
a facet of that. It sounds like in your, you know, so firstly understand overwhelm a lot of times Mm -hmm. is because we're not leveraged appropriately. Right. And so what does that mean? That means being able to do more with current circumstances and, 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 and in your case, what I used to do, because I had this issue, not because of layoffs, but because I was so successful as a sales representative for a major corporation, I had 62 incoming calls for sales every day coming into my desk. Wow! I, I did it through massive prospecting, like I suggested Mark should do. Yeah. But when you have that many calls coming through, you can't handle it all. Right. And you get overwhelmed. And we, I still had demands of the management, the senior management, the, you know, show up for trainings, do all the stuff that I'm like, ah, this isn't making any money. Right. So what I did was I went out and on my own part of my commission, I took part of my commission and I, I said, I need people who are going to answer my phones. I need people who are going to set my appointments. Right. And so when you're in that part of overwhelm, when you get people to actually help, you can outsource, you can outsource for inexpensive monies. There are a lot of people around the world Mm -hmm. who will do certain job functions. Now, if you're in like financial services, Renee, or something like that, uh, you may not be able to do that because of compliance issues. But if you're in an industry that allows you to outsource, considering outsourcing part of that process, and that'll help uh, reduce the overwhelm. The second thing is, it might be time to have a conversation <laughs> with, with the the ownership, right? Right, and and explain where you're at, and explain this is what you feel you can do, and you'd like to do more, but you need resources. They may be willing to help you with resources. I did do that eventually because even with 62 incoming calls with two people, I was still overwhelmed. So I went to the uh, executive management. And I said, "Listen, I'm the number one representative in this company. I need help." Right. And what, what did they do? They hired somebody internally to help me. So you, you never know. But I mean, it's overwhelm is usually because we are living so far out in the future and we're trying to do it all by ourselves versus bringing it into the present moment and saying, OK, what is the real problem? What are the five or 10 solutions that I can come up with to solve this problem? Yeah, agreed. You know, and also, Renee, just to springboard off what Doug is, is sharing with you, which I think is great advice. When you go to ask for help, I like to encourage people to start with a positive. Make it a positive conversation because unfortunately, this conversation you're having with me via email, this comes across as a negative conversation. So when you go to your boss, I love my job. I love what I'm doing here for you. Here's where I could use a little bit of help. When you come to that conversation of saying, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I can't believe this. This is awful then it makes a, a situation that potentially could be very positive. It, it actually spins it in a negative direction. So think about coming at it from a, a positive direction. Now, I love what Doug said about outsourcing. Those of you that have been fans of the show for the last few years, you remember that Mike Ober answers a lot of questions with us here. And his company, uh, OpenLook, open-look.com, is a sponsor of the program, as well as they do a tremendous amount of outsourcing, all my social media. Um, that I do all these updates every week you guys see on LinkedIn comes from a team, a virtual assistant um, through Mike's company, uh, OpenLook. So, you know, really, you know, really consider that. The other thought, Renee, because we don't know each other uh, yet, Renee, is that this could potentially also be a time management situation as well. So one of the best pieces of advice I give to salespeople, time block, time block, time block. Those that are not in control of their calendar end the day at happy hour because they need to go to happy hour not because they want to go to happy hour. 
So time block like a machine. All right. So Renee, I hope that's helpful to you. And um, just, you know, as Doug mentioned, uh, we've all been there. Um, You're not alone uh, in your feelings or your circumstance. So uh, figure out some ways to create repeatable patterns of success. And when you notice things aren't working, figure out ways to eliminate those things that aren't working from your, you know, from your patterns. So cool. All right. So um, last but definitely not least, a great question here uh, from uh, Robert in uh, D.C. And uh, Doug or Robert asks, have attitudes about texting as a part of the prospecting process changed since COVID hit? I'm reluctant to text customers before I speak to them. Any data or any thoughts uh, on uh, on this? Well, uh, Robert, if you don't mind, Doug, I'll kick this one off if that's cool with you. Um, sure. So, Robert, I think it's important for me to just kind of set the stage of where I'm at in my life so you know where I'm coming from. So I'm, I'm 48 years old. This is almost 30 years of sales, almost of sales and marketing. Um, I'm a tech savvy person. I like to text. But sort of one of my rules of thumb has been, and, and I'd love it if Doug disagreed because that'd be a lot more fun, um, is that <laughs> if, if I have never met you before, typically I'm not going to text you. If, I've never, if we've never communicated, I don't want to come out of the blue with a text because there's, there's a certain level, in my opinion, of intimacy that comes from your name showing up on, on somebody's phone that vibrates. It's, it's, it's a, more of an intimate experience, in my opinion. Now, let me preface that, though. Let's say you're at a trade show pre-COVID. You got somebody's business card. On it, it says, there's no other phone number. It says sell. What I like to do is exhaust the other resources before I text. Um, and then uh, if I can't get a phone call, if I can't get an email, uh, then I, I drop a text. But a lot of this is based on, on my personal feelings and my personal opinion. What I have noticed, Doug, uh, for Robert, is that a lot of business is transacting on texting. And that once I get that thread going, we're all busy. I mean, you really want to be on a phone call for an hour if you can drop somebody a quick text. So I have just found that more transactions happen via text after meetings than before my original prospecting. But I'm getting a bunch of texts from people that are prospecting me via text. So maybe, uh, Doug, I don't know, maybe I need to change my opinion on it. And by the way, I'm not asking you, Doug, to reveal your age. Uh, you're welcome to do that. But um, I'm that, 58. That's kind of my, my thoughts. You know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm 58. So, so. There you go. So how do you how do you feel about it? Because you sold, you know, um, like I did my first cell phone with like the size of a loaf of bread, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's mine, um, too. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on texting either in prospecting or as a is a uh, as a part of the sales process? So I I. I, I will disagree with you to a limited play, right? Okay. Because awesome. here's the thing. It's age dependent at this point, okay. right? If the the people who are growing up with technology, texting is just commonplace for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So folks uh, who are a little bit more seasoned in life as far as their age goes uh, are are far less. And this is why I think, Ryan, in your, it, probably in your case, it feels a little like a, a, a privacy invasion, right? Because I, I feel the same way when I get something sent to me out of the blue on a text, it's like, Oh, you know, how'd you get my number? You, you don't know me, you know, that type of feeling. However, it really depends on the message. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Right. right. So if the message is something that's conveying value for something that I'm looking for, or something that I didn't even know I was looking for, but it made me go, hmm, I want to hear a little bit more of that. I'm okay with the text coming in, but it has to be something that's connecting on a human-to-human level for me. 
Yeah. It's not something that's just the blind message that says, Hey, buy this widget right. or buy, you know, X, Y, Z. So, you know, text since COVID has changed as a the proliferation of text is happening. It, it has been happening over time. People are far more used to it, but you know, it's interesting. I, I get people our age, Ryan, who are responding to me first by text now. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think texting is, is part of the future of prospecting, but it has to be respectful messaging. It can't be, don't spam text people. Don't whack them. You know, it's got to be an individual connection to a connection. Um, However, I also think, you know, when you're saying you're reluctant to text customers before you speak to them, my question is, where's this coming from, right? Is this coming from your frame that when you were brought up, you know, I was brought up in an environment, for example, that, you know, it's rude to interrupt people. Right. right. That's what we were told when we were little, little kids. Right. Right. Do not interrupt the, the adults there, right. you know, da, da, da. <laughs> and so, so when you, when you grow up in that environment, then all of a sudden you've got to make a cold call or you've got to cold text somebody. It's an interruption. So look at what's going on in the mind side of the, of, of the game with you too, and understand that if you're respectful and you're providing value and here's the thing, if you want to help somebody, if you can't make the connection with them originally or initially, you can't help them. Right. So part of the mission might be, hey, I've got to text this person because this is the way they're going to get my message and they're going to respond. And as long as you're being respectful and and providing the value on it, I don't see any see any issue whatsoever prior to the meeting. Yeah. And it's also a great recon- reconnection point. So this morning it happened to me. There's a gentleman I worked with for, oh gosh, six, seven years. Uh, his name is Nick. He's a great guy. And Nick appreciates short um, jokes that are kind of tongue in cheek kind of jokes. And I came across one. And so I hadn't done business in about six months with Nick. I wanted to re-engage and that's not really, wasn't my methodology. I was going to send him a joke just because I thought it was funny. I sent it to him. He texted me back. And my purpose of texting him, Doug was not to re-engage was just because I thought it was funny. And it's one of those dry humor, tongue in cheek jokes that he would get. And so he texted back another joke, which was, which was funny, I guess. (laughs) And then not even six, eight minutes later, an email came in that said, hey, so-and-so at his company, please reconnect with Ryan Doran. Um, it's been six months since we did training. We really need to get back on the, you know, on the calendar with him. Now, that really wasn't my purpose. However, it did work out that way. And it maybe, you know what, Doug, maybe I just need to change my thought process about it a little bit because I just feel maybe it's the, I moved from Chicago down South 20 years ago. So maybe it's the growing Southern gentleman in me or something. And I don't know that this is a time right now, Doug, to be a, for lack of a better term, to be a sales wimp. I think we need to be bold, not brash, bold. And we need to get out in front of people and not be afraid to sell. And I think COVID has kind of put a little damper on all of that. I I agree with you. And, you know, remember, you know, folks, confidence is sexy, right? Right. So people buy confidence. (laughs) I mean, and so when you're willing to be bold, again, I agree, not brash, right? Um, But you're playing win-win for their benefit, your benefit, and you're connecting on a human-to-human level. Most people are pretty agreeable with that. Now, people could have a bad day, you know, things could happen. you know, it could be a death in the family, whatever. So be be sensitive to that. But again, that's why you're connecting on a human to human level and keep your messages short for the most part on text. You know, remember, a lot of people look at these things. They even driving down the highway and they look at their text. Right? <laughs> so you want to scares the heck out of me when I see people do that. But the you know, the, 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 don't write them a book. 
you know, write them as short, something that's pithy and that's going to get them to say, wow, I want to know a little bit more about this. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Well, uh, Doug Brown, appreciate you uh, being here. I know that um, if people want to uh, check out your uh, check out your book, they can go to winwinsellingbook.com. Uh, and um, and then your uh, website, if I've written it down correctly, is uh, businesssuccessfactors.com. Uh, hey, Doug, if you don't mind, um, in a in a you know in a brief uh, statement here, I mean, what are the what's the best way for people to connect with you? How do you help uh, companies and uh, you know things like that? Well, they can connect with me either on LinkedIn at Doug Brown one two three four. If that doesn't work, type in Doug Brown Berkeley College of Music. It always seems to come up. I have no idea why. I did not graduate from Berkeley. I went there one semester. Um, my other universities don't come up. Um, or they could send me an email at Doug at businesssuccessfactors.com. Um, can I give a giveaway to your audience? Yeah, Brian? that'd be great. Yeah, be careful now. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. Be careful. <laughs> So um, I have something which I call the sales and marketing checklist. So if somebody wants to know how they're doing on their sales, how they're doing on their marketing, uh, just email me and I'll have one of the folks here send you out a sales and marketing checklist. And you can take take the the uh, the, the, the test, if you will, on the sales and marketing checklist. And it'll, it'll pinpoint where you really need to work on your sales or your marketing aspect of it. Um, or if they want to call me, call me directly. 603-595. Zero three zero three. All right, Doug. Appreciate it. Don't forget, friends. Businesssuccessfactors.com. Uh, and uh, Doug Brown, appreciate you being a part of the program. All right, friends. So that is the podcast for this month. Sure appreciate um, you for stopping by and giving us a little bit of time. Hopefully, Doug's insight and mine as well was helpful as you look to navigate your sales life towards major, massive, awesome success. Don't forget, friends. I'll say it uh, once. I'll say it a thousand times, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it, and they're not. So we're either crazy, which is possible, or we found careers that'll feed our families for a lifetime. All right, friends, for more about me and what I do and how I can help your teams, reach out to me over at ryandorn.com. Last name is D-O-H-R-N, ryandorn.com. And it looks like we're getting back to some live events. Of course, I'm always happy to speak at your virtual sales conferences and marketing conferences as well. Some more information on that over at ryandorn.com, also over at salestrainingworld.com. All right, friends, get out there, get something done. God bless y'all. We'll see you next month, and we'll see you out on the street. Another great podcast coming up straight ahead. See you next time, friends. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.